0: Hey beauty lovers and fellow entrepreneurs, I'm Yegi, the owner and founder of Yegi Beauty. Within five years of being my own boss, I was able to grow Yegi Beauty into a multi-million dollar company. This podcast is where I share what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur in the beauty industry. Hello, 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 welcome back to the Yegi Project. Did you know that most of the things that we do or we don't do in our lives is because of a habit? And this is why this topic has really interested me lately, because there is a lot that I want to do in life, but I realized something might be getting in the way, and that something is my habits. So I started doing more reading and researching about habits and how I can form good ones and break the bad habits that I have, and here's what I found out. Most information that I'm going to talk about in this podcast came from a book called Tiny Habits by J.B. Fogg, and he is the founder of Stanford University's Behavioral Lab. Habits are the things that bridges the gap between who you are right now and who you want to become in the future. So this is why habits are very, very important to really understand. Because initially when we hear the word habit, we're like, yeah, I have this habit. I know what a habit is. But do we really know what a habit is and how to form it or how to get rid of a bad habit? It is actually scientific and there is a way to accomplish this based on JB Fox theories. So let's go ahead and dive in to make a positive change towards the person we want to become. We need to make more good habits and have less bad ones. But in order to do this, we need to stop judging ourselves and we need to look at habits as a formula and take those step by steps to create the good habit or take those step by steps to get rid of a bad habit. Again, instead of judging yourself We're going to attack this in a systematic way where it's going to be positive and it is going to make a change in your life. And it's not going to make you feel bad because when you feel bad, nothing good comes out of that. There's going to be no change if you feel bad about not being able to form a habit. Now, while we're trying to work on our habits, if we do make mistakes, we want to use those as discoveries and make adjustments in order to accomplish what we want to accomplish instead of feeling bad that, oh my God, I failed. The tiny habits process doesn't require you to rely on willpower or set up accountability measures or promise yourself rewards. And there's also no magic number of days that we need to do something in order to form a habit. This actually makes us feel bad because a lot of times we are not motivated constantly every day after another in order to form a habit. And in the past, that's what I thought forming a habit was. There is a lot of information out there that it says you have to do something like 21 days or I forget, like about three weeks in order for it to become a habit. Although that may be true where the more we do it, the easier it becomes and it it will more likely become a habit. It is not a foolproof method where most people can build habits. But instead, the tiny habits process that JB Fogg goes over is actually the one that I really love right now to try to incorporate into my life to Form new habits and really understand why I do certain bad habits and how to get rid of them. He actually tested this tiny habits process with over 40,000 people and proved that it worked. So he explains and I quote, you take a behavior you want, make it tiny, find where it fits naturally in your life and nurture its growth. So you're not working against yourself, you're working with yourself in order to Make this habit that you really want to accomplish. We've all heard the saying that if you want long-term change, it's best to start small. And I think this is where it also applies to habits and tiny habits as he refers to his process. So we always also feel like we never have enough time. So he recommends we start with something that takes less than 30 seconds. For example, we can incorporate a new habit if it's, let's say getting up in the morning and feeling positive instead of just doing a 30-minute yoga practice. We can start by just looking in the mirror and saying, today's going to be a great day. And he refers to this as the Maui habit, actually. It's something he practices and I recently started doing in the mornings and it really does make me feel better and more positive in the morning, just physically saying out loud, I'm going to have a great day right? So that's something that takes less than 30 seconds and it's a habit that I can start right away. What was also interesting is that he refers to everything as small, incremental progress. And it's kind of a different mindset for us entrepreneurs. A lot of times we hear go big or go home, you know, go for it, take the leap. And that's more of my personality actually. But when it came to habits, I realized that It really is true. Incremental change for progress really will cultivate meaningful long-term change. Anything too dramatic, it just doesn't stick. If I make a big change any and looking back and thinking about it, anytime I've done anything that was too aggressive, like I don't know, force myself to do one hour exercise in the morning. That was too aggressive for me. It never stuck. I was motivated for like a week. I was able to do it and then I just stop doing it. But if I incorporated something smaller that was easier to accomplish, then it was more likely to stick and then become a habit. So the whole point is is to start small and build off of that to make that incremental change. And we will go into details of the steps you need to take to do this. Another reason why tiny or small habits is effective is because it doesn't rely on motivation or willpower. Because motivation and willpower, like we talked about before, is unreliable. We're not going to have constant amount of motivation and willpower all the time. There are days that we're going to feel like it, and there are days that we're not going to feel like it. Another powerful thing that I learned is that the bad habits that I have is not necessarily my fault and it's not a character flaw. It is actually a design issue. It is what and how it's set up in my life that's happening compared to me actually feeding into that bad habit. One other thing we can do as a general summary is we want to celebrate small successes to feel happy because if we feel happy with small successes or even with tiny things that we change that we're trying to make a habit of, that's going to want us to do more of it. So this is how we can build our good habits and also our, I guess, motivation too in a way or our happiness, our confidence. Is celebrate those little tiny successes in order for us to want to do more. Now let's go over the anatomy of tiny habits. How are we going to start and where are we going to start to build a new habit? So he calls this ABC. So the anchoring moment, the new tiny behavior, and an instant celebration. What the anchoring moment is, is something that you're already doing to use that as kind of a prompt as an anchor in order for you to start uh, and trigger a new habit. And then the new tiny behavior is what comes next. So once you do that thing that you're already doing, that anchoring moment, you're going to instantly do a simple version of that new tiny behavior that you want to do. And after that, it's the celebration, right? When you're done, you want to celebrate. Even something simple that says, I did a good job, yay! It's almost like the same thing as when we cross something off our list, how good does it make us feel when we get something done? In order to get this process going, this is how we're going to start it. So here's an example that he shares, and it is the brushing and flossing of teeth habit, right? Simple habit. Most people already always brush their teeth and they have that habit set, but they lack the habit of flossing their teeth. So now how can you use this method in order to start flossing your teeth, right? You make it tiny and easy enough because when we think about flossing our teeth, we're already tired most of the time at the end of the night to go in between every single one of our teeth is hard and it feels like too much. But if you were to think of that one habit as in just you're only gonna floss one tooth, That's considered a tiny habit or a tiny behavior, right? So if you're only just going to floss one tooth, that's going to take you like few seconds. It's more likely that you're going to do it. But then you need an anchoring moment to trigger you in order for you to do that one tooth flossing. So what you do is you say, okay, every time I brush my teeth, that's your anchoring moment. I'm going to floss one tooth And then you're going to celebrate right away. You're going to say, yay, I did it. And then after a while, you build on this habit and then you do two teeth, three teeth until you get on with the whole thing. Again, a very simple example that it could be used to apply to anything that you're trying to accomplish. Now let's review the fog behavior model. So I want to go over this with you guys because it was almost like an aha moment when I learned about it from this book. And it has helped me apply it to my life and be able to get more better habits and get rid of my poor habits. The way it goes is B equals M-A-P, which B stands for behavior. So your behavior, which ultimately a repeated behavior becomes a habit. So your behavior happens when your motivation and your ability and their prompt all come together. So if there is no motivation and you don't have the ability to do it, the capacity to do the behavior, and or if there is no prompt telling you to do this behavior, then more likely the behavior is not going to happen. So if we want something to happen, we want to make sure these three things are in place, that we are motivated to do it, As in, we have the desire to actually do this habit. And we have to be real with ourselves. We have to ask ourselves, okay, this is something new I want to accomplish, but do I really want to do it? And if you don't have the motivation to do it, then that's something that you may want to reconsider. Or if your motivation is very low, then your ability and your prompt needs to be very high. But we can get into that a little bit later. But for now, just know for a behavior to happen there needs to be motivation. You're going to have to have your desire that you want to actually do it and you have the capacity to do it that you physically can make it happen with your time and availability and also that there's something that's prompting you, that's giving you the cue to do the behavior. It can be a phone reminder, it can be a sticky note, it can be a friend telling you to do something. I found this really interesting too because I could find a way to apply this behavior model into my customers. So if I'm doing ads and prompts and texts or anything that I want the customer to behave in a certain way, I can take this behavior model and make sure that all the right pieces are in place in order for my customer to do that behavior that I want them to do or to make it more likely for them to do that behavior. And I really think that marketers or very smart marketers do these nowadays. And it just makes sense, right? If we have the ability and we are told to do something and we want to do it and it's easy for us to do it then it's more likely for us to do this thing now let's put this in practice i have a friend named lisa and she really wants to start eating breakfast every morning but for some reason she's not able to have enough time or figure out how to get this habit into practice and be able to constantly make breakfast every morning. She does it some days and some other days she doesn't do it. Now the days that she's really motivated, she does end up making the breakfast. And the days that she's not, she just Feels like she doesn't have enough time and she doesn't make the breakfast. Now, remember we talked about motivation being a bad design in order for you to get something done. So then she needed to go ahead and analyze what is she doing that's taking up her time in the morning. And she realized that she is spending at least 20 to 30 minutes on social media or on her phone scrolling. Now, she thought that the problem was she couldn't get a good habit of eating breakfast every morning. But the reality is there's two things that need to change. She needs to redesign her scrolling habit, which is the bad habit, and then redesign her eating breakfast or making breakfast habit our job is to adjust the formula, which is the motivation, the availability, and the prompt of each habit in order to get to where we want to get. Now that we know that it's the scrolling habit that's getting in her way of being able to do a new habit, which is make breakfast, we need to get rid of it. And the way we're going to get rid of that is going back to our formula of behavior design and adjusting our motivation, our ability, or our prompt to get rid of it. So we need to make scrolling hard for her to do or change her motivation. But since this is something she likes to to do, it's going to be hard to change her motivation. So next we need to look at and see how can we make it hard For her to scroll on her phone in the mornings. Because the prompt is also there. In the mornings she uses her phone to answer her alarm to wake up what she can do is actually get her phone away from her as her alarm clock. So she can get a regular alarm clock and not use her phone because that's the prompt that she's using in order to grab her phone and start scrolling before she gets out of bed. So now that that's out of the way, she's more likely to get up and break that habit. Or she can leave her phone in the kitchen so... When her alarm rings, she has to go all the way to the kitchen to grab her phone and she's more likely to make the breakfast when she's already there in the kitchen instead of starting to scroll on her phone. So it's a matter of finding different behaviors that you can do to break a habit or to make a habit. And remember, if your motivation is high, the task can be harder to do and you'll still do it. But if you're not that motivated to do it then the task needs to be very easy for for it to be more likely for you to do it. We also want to keep reminding ourselves that behavior usually becomes easier to do the more we repeat it. So you have to kind of keep reminding yourself that even when you're not motivated to do something, to push yourself to do it at least the first few times so then it's more likely to become easier and easier and then you'll become a habit. But again, remember, we do it little at a time and we reward ourselves even by just saying good job to feel good about it in order for us to keep going. Another thing to keep in mind is that none of our behaviors really happens without a prompt. An example would be your phone ringing, right? That's the example he gives in the book. So if your phone rings, you're more likely to answer it. But if there's no ring, you're not going to answer. You can disrupt the behavior by removing the prompt. So if there's nothing telling you to do it, then you're less likely to do that thing. For example, if I want to check my social media less frequently, I'm going to turn off my notification so it doesn't keep asking me to check my messages or see my friend requests and all of that. Another example is if I want to stop eating junk food at home, I've heard this before actually is that don't buy it. Don't have it at home staring at you, especially on the counter where that's prompting you to eat it by you seeing it. You're wanting it. It's being prompted for you for you to eat it. But if you don't want to eat junk food and you don't have it at home and there's no prompt. It's not in front of you for you to eat it. It's going to be harder for you to actually get the junk food, sit in your car, drive to the store, buy it, then eat it, like that, you're eliminating the chances of you having that junk food. You have to do trial and error to see what works for you. Because one thing that works for one person is not necessarily going to work for the next. But the key is to have a lot of little things that you can try to see what works for you. And these little things are those little behaviors or little habits you're going to try to make changes to the equation, which is the motivation, the prompt, or the ability in order for you to get to where you want to get. Now, let's talk about troubleshooting our behavior. Where do we start? Well, one place that we don't want to start, remember, is our motivation. For example, if somebody is late for a meeting, you don't want to get mad at them, give them dirty looks, or fire them or any other penalty. Instead, the first thing you want to check is the prompt. Was there a prompt? For example, was there a meeting reminder, right? And if that was in place, then the next thing we want to check is we want to see if the people have ability to attend. So did your employee that missed the meeting or came late to the meeting Did they have the ability to be there on time? Did their shift start late? Or maybe they had a meeting that finished right before that one and by the time they came to your meeting, they were late. So you want to check that thing as a second um, option, which is the ability in order to troubleshoot. And the last thing is the motivation. Because usually you will resolve a problem that comes with a behavior um, with the prompt and ability before you get to the motivation. One other thing that's very simple but important that I learned from this tiny habits book is that our outcomes aspirations are different than our behaviors. So a lot of times we might have outcomes aspirations or sometimes we call them goals and that doesn't necessarily mean that's a behavior or a habit. If you really break it down you have to be able to break down what The result you want to get, and that's the outcome and the aspirations or the goals that we want, into the behaviors that we need to do. For example, if your goal is to lose 10 pounds, that is not a behavior because you can't do it right there and then that's going to have to have different behaviors in order for you to get to that outcome or that goal of losing 12 pounds. That's a main mistake people make is they are vague or they want, they say they want to lose 12 pounds, but they don't form the habits of these detailed behaviors they can do in order to achieve that losing 10, 12 pounds. We need specific measurable behaviors in order to get to our outcomes, to our goal of losing 10 pounds. And that one example of that can be running for five minutes or throwing out all my unhealthy snacks. So those are very specific, measurable behaviors that you can do right then and there in order to reach your outcome or your goal or your aspiration. Now he goes over something called golden behaviors, which these are the things that become habits, right? I personally think that habits are behaviors that we can repeat enough where it becomes so easy for us and then we do it automatically and those are habits but he actually thinks not things he did his research and he knows that these behaviors that i'm talking about they're actually called golden behaviors and there's a way to really break it down and find your golden behaviors in order for you to be realistic with yourself and accomplishing a certain habit that you want to now, how do we come up with our golden behaviors, which are what can turn into habits for us and create positive change in our lives? First thing is we want to take one aspiration or outcome that we want to achieve. And again, that can be the same example we use, which is lose the 10 pounds. And next, we're going to write down every single thing that we can do, every little behavior that we can do, we can think of, a friend can think of or do for us in order to achieve this outcome. And then we're going to go ahead and... And put a star next to four to five behaviors that feel like they're going to have high impact. So if there are things on there that might make a difference but might not, don't put a star next to those. You want to choose four or five things that you know are going to have a high effect or high impact. And then after that, you're going to circle any behavior on there that you see that you can easily get yourself to do. So this is where you want to be realistic with yourself. So if it's run a marathon and you know that's no way you're ever going to do that don't circle that one. You want to be very realistic with yourself. And then afterwards, you want to focus on the behaviors that have the circle and the star. And these are what he says are your golden behaviors that can turn into habits. Because these are more likely things that are going to have an effect on what you want to change and are going to be easy enough or realistic enough for you to accomplish that. Now there's so, so much more into habits and behaviors and it's a whole book, right? So I highly recommend that you guys read the book called Tiny Habits if it's something that interests you because I do really believe that habits are the key ingredients for us to form or get rid of in order for us to become our future better self, right? So let's do our homework and learn about habits, put these in practice and see if we can make some good habits and break some bad habits and see where we get. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review this podcast. Follow and engage with us on social media under The Yegi Project. And if you're interested in being a guest, email info at the And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes.